All right. Go ahead and find your way back to your seat. Welcome once again to church. Glad that you are here. My name is Travis Phillips, the lead pastor here at Antioch. And uh, man, what a, what a good time of being in the house of God together and enjoying his presence, his goodness. And uh, we are actually starting a new series today. We've done a little bit of a flip-flop and rearrangement uh, from, from what we had planned. We're going to get to some other things later, but we really feel like uh, there's some things that God wanted to do presently. And that's always uh, exciting, uh, just being in that place where God changes your plans a little bit. So I feel is that there's some, some real uh, richness that God has for us as we spend a couple of weeks uh, diving into John 15. So uh, it, John 15 contains some passages that are uh, pretty familiar passages of Scripture that, that speak of, of life in God. And, and in one way, it flows really well out of what we've been talking about, and that is uh, getting back to making disciples and doing that effectively. And uh, we've been talking about that on Sunday mornings. We're also doing a big rollout in life groups, uh, trying to equip you uh, to be effective disciple makers of Jesus. And, uh, and the, when you look at John 15, it's really broken down into what does it look like for a disciple to connect with Jesus? What does it look like for a disciple to connect to or relate with other disciples? And then what does it look like for a disciple to relate to the world? And so um, so we're going to be looking at that just again, just with this, this similar theme of what, what does it look like for us to be a disciple who's making other disciples that glorify Jesus. And so glad that you're here, uh, excited about uh, what God wants to speak to us. And, and a portion of that too is just um, what he's doing in, in the, the life of this, this church body and the life of our staff, uh, John 15, over the last month has been uh, something that God keeps bringing up and a, a passage of scripture that he's been really using to, to minister uh, to us and encourage us. And we just felt like there was something he had for, for the entire church. And so with that, why don't you go ahead and turn with me to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, and we're going to be reading verses 1 through 8. I'm going to read through the, the entire thing, and then we're going to go back through and kind of break it down a little bit and, 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 uh, and see what God has for us. All right, so John chapter 15, beginning in verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples." So you have three main players here in this passage of scripture. You have a vine uh, who is Jesus. 
Jesus is the life source. He is the, the one through whom uh, everything is, is produced, that the fruit is produced. It comes through the life of the vine. You have the gardener, or some translations of the Bible have vine dresser. That's God the Father. So he is, the, he is the great gardener, the master gardener. He is the one that has the expertise in what it looks like to, to grow a garden that becomes fruitful and beautiful. And so that's God. And then there's us, the branches. So we are the branches in this analogy that Jesus gives. And, and we play a role as well. In fact, we carry or we bear the fruit uh, of, of the kingdom of God or the fruit of the garden. And so we have the privilege of doing that and yet it's not really us that do it on our own we cannot do it which is why this analogy serves well we can picture okay a branch falls off a tree or off the vine it doesn't continue to grow fruit as it's laying there on the ground no it, it slowly shrivels up and dies and and it's good only for firewood at that point and so uh, so we understand that analogy that uh, we as as uh, followers of Christ are to be connected to the vine. It is the life source. And, and so this is the analogy that we're, that we're given at, there in, at the very beginning. Jesus saying, I'm the true vine. My father is the, is the gardener. And then into verse two, where we find the branches. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Okay, so we're going to be really looking at the branches today. That's you and I. And we're going to be looking at the way that the branches connect to the vine, what that looks like, and what's the process of sitting uh, in, a, in a garden in a, that the great gardener, the master gardener, uh, cultivates. And so um, we, we begin there in verse 2 with looking at what happens to us, the branches, there's two things that happen to every branch. Either a branch that does not, bear, does not bear fruit will be cut off, while there are other branches that do bear fruit that will be pruned. And so the great gardener cuts away what is lifeless, and he, and he cultivates uh, that which is living. So he cuts away the lifeless and he cultivates the living. And so um, we, we, we begin there with understanding that one of these two things happens to every branch. And, and so to, to kind of get some clarity around, well, which branch am I? I want us to, to go to uh, verse three. We're going to come back to verse two a little more. But I think verse 3 gives us a little more understanding of, of what it is uh, that, that we are as, as a branch that either is cut off or pruned. Verse 3 is actually very unusual, unusually placed, seemingly so, okay? And so sometimes when we're reading the, the Word of God, uh, you know, we kind of come across these passages like, I don't know what that means or why that's there. This would certainly be one of those because as you read it through, it's, it's talking about these branches that bear no fruit, the ones that are fruitful are pruned. It feels like we're ready to jump right into verse 4 where it says, now remain in me and I'll remain in you because no branch can bear fruit. It goes on with that same discussion. But here you have verse 3 stuck in there. And it, it says, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. And it's like, what? what? I thought we were talking about branches and pruning and gardens. And now we're talking about we're clean and because of the word spoke. What, what does that have to do with anything? And sometimes with, with uh, little verses stuck in the word of God like that, we're like, okay, 
I'm sure it means something, but I, I get the gist of what we're talking about. But, but actually, I think there's something here that's really uh, sweet and pertinent for us. Uh, one of the things that we, we don't quite realize through the English translation is that in, in the original text here, that word clean and pruning is a, is a play on words. It has the same root word in the Greek. And so it's kind of this play on word even can be interchangeable in some ways. Uh, and so it's this play on words of like the pruning or the the cleaning out of God, the cleansing in, in, in the same way where you're, you're, you think of a, you know, a, a citrus tree that you have in your backyard and you're, you're, you're kind of cleaning it out. Some of the, the, the dead branches, there's, there's a cleaning to it. And so, um, and so what we're told here is that you're already clean. So it's, it, it kind of gets even more interesting because let's just use that word with, for pruned. So you're, you, you're going to be pruned, but you're already pruned because of the word. So it's like, okay, so what does that mean? What does it mean to be pruned, but you're, you need to be pruned, but you've already been pruned, or you're already clean, but you need to be cleansed. And another place that we find the same language is actually just a couple of chapters back in John 13, where uh, there is a story about Jesus washing his disciples' feet. Now, that was very uncommon, very unusual that kind of a, a superior, a rabbi, somebody that would be considered a, a kind of a, a above someone else would go and wash the feet. Now, that was the role of the, of the servants. And so Jesus was obviously modeling something there. But then you have one of his disciples who was named Peter that objects to this. He's like, this, this can't be. Like, I, there's no way, Jesus, that you are washing my feet. Like, if anything, I... I need to be washing your feet. Like you are, you are my master. I was certain. And then, and then Jesus responds to him and he said, no, no, Peter. Um, uh, I, if you don't let me wash your feet, he says there in verse eight of, of chapter 13, you have no part with me. And, and so then Peter says, okay, well then don't only wash my feet, wash my head and my hands, wash me all over. Like I, I, want, I want to be completely yours. And then Jesus answers with this similar language, same language, um, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And then he says, and you are clean, though not every one of you. So we, so we have something similar here where Jesus is saying you are clean, but I'm still gonna wash your feet. There, you're, you're, there, there's dirt on your feet. There's, a, there's something that we're learning. There's a place that we're growing, even as I teach you about servant leadership, but, but you are clean. You've already been made to be clean. Um, as it says in our text in, in John chapter three, because of the word I have spoken to you. So this, this word, theologians agree, is, is the, the, the word of, it's the, the words of Christ. It's the ushering in of the kingdom. It is the, the gospel message. It's the new covenant that was established in Jesus. And you've received Jesus. Or you can think about it going back to John chapter 1 where he talks about the word of life that's come into the world, speaking of Jesus, and them having received the word of God, which has thus caused them to be clean. I think also about 2 Corinthians 5, where it describes those who have come to know Christ as having the old be gone and the new come. Like what was old and what was dirty and what was shameful and sinful and all those things, that's not who you are anymore, but you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. You're cleansed, you're clean. And, and so there's this, this, this idea of these branches 
And, and I first want us to resolve uh, where we stand before God. Because I believe that most in this room would be a branch that undergoes pruning. Though there are branches that are identified that, that have never really connected to the vine. It says they don't bear fruit. And so maybe they've done, uh, you know, a, a, the Christian thing or the church thing or the religious thing or said some of the right words, but there's something that hasn't actually connected to Jesus, hasn't received the word, and then there has been no fruit in their lives. Because the way that it works with the, with the branch is that if it's connected to the vine, the vine is the life source. And so automatically, you're, the branch has life and, and bears fruit. And so that's why there's a, there's a recognition that it's not connected. In the same way, when Jesus is washing the disciples' feet, what does he say? He says, you, he's talking to Peter, and he's saying, you guys are already clean. You've received the word, well, most of you, right? Ba basically, all, all but, but one of you. And it, it goes on in the next verse and said, for he knew the one who was to betray him. And so there was something, even a glimpse that we get into the life of Judas and how he ended up making the decision that he made to betray Jesus in the way that he was never clean. He never received the word. There was never, and so we don't get in a habit of like, oh, this person, I don't know about the fruit in their life and this, that, that, that is not the, the habit that we're wanting to get into. We, we say, hey, we want to bear fruit. We desire to do that as a disciple of Jesus. And he, he knows, right? He knows, he recognizes, but we want to be a people that are connected to the vine and bear fruit. And so maybe there, there are some in this room that realize, you know, I've done kind of the church thing or the religious thing, and I've prayed a prayer there, here or there, but, but maybe you're realizing or would, would recognize, but I don't know that I've ever really been connected to Jesus, where I've received in fullness and in truth who he is and what he's done for me. And in that place, there is an invitation for you to be connected to the vine. There's, there's an invitation uh, that, that is ongoing for you to be connected into the source of life. And for many of you in this room, uh, you then can say, you can, you can feel secure in the fact that Jesus and his work on the cross has brought you salvation and you have eternity to look forward to with him. Okay, and so there's that eternal security because of the work of Jesus as, as a branch. And then there's a process that we go on. Yes, you are already clean, but you still need cleansing. Yes, you've been ultimately pruned and cultivated as one of the Lord's, but there is continual pruning that will need to happen. And that's what we wanna talk about a little bit today. That's what we wanna talk about. What does that look like? And how do we know if it's God or not? And, and how should we respond to that, okay? And so we're, we're clean because of the word that he's spoken, um, but, but we will go through seasons of pruning. And seasons of pruning are not fun. That, you know, just, just even by nature, when you think about any time you've pruned a, a plant or a, a tree in your own yard, or for us, uh, we, we had a, a house that we rented and a couple of the, the trees or bush things that were in our backyard were not looking so great. And, and so we were telling our landlord, like, hey, we, I think we've been watering them or what have you. Um, but he sends out a landscaper um, who just demolishes the things. I, I, I've never seen anything quite like it, that, they, he, that the way that he cut these, these bushes back, I was like, who did you hire? Like they just destroyed these plants. Uh, and they, they look just like little stubs with little, little roots kind of coming up. I'm like, this is bad. There's no, there's no flowers, no leaves, no nothing left. 
Um, and, and such is the story when you talk about pruning that slowly it comes back over time, yada, yada. And that happened. But the process was, was a little gruesome and it didn't look good and it didn't look fun. I mean, things were getting lopped off and cut down and further back than I ever would have felt comfortable doing. I'd have been like, okay, I can, you know, cut off a little bit to make sure, but right, photosynthesis, right? You got to have leaves or something. I don't, I don't know. Like you got to have something to, to catch the sunlight and stuff, right? I don't know. But this, this guy chopped it off and, and it's in that place where we as the branches begin to ask questions of the gardener. And they're honest questions. There are questions about like, God, do you know what you're doing here? Or, or is it like, like I felt with this landscaper, like, what did you do? You just killed this thing. And, and, and yet it's us. And we're saying, God, do you know what you're doing? Because it feels like too much. It feels like a lot. It, this burden, I, I've been carrying it for too long. I, 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 feel, I feel weak. And, and, I, and I, I feel the pinch. I feel the financial pinch of, of life and, and the burden of that. And, and I don't know how much longer I can do it, God. There's got to be breakthrough here, God. I, I can't do it much longer. Or I, or I, I feel the, the, the weight of loneliness in, in my relationships and some of the brokenness there. And, and I, can't, I can't be alone anymore, God. I, can't, I, don't, I don't even want to do another day like this. The, those kind of real places of pain that we begin going to God and saying, God, do you know what you're doing? Or, or even beyond that, God, are you really good? Do you have my best in mind? Because this, this doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel like it. And so there, there's a, a truth here that we need to understand biblically that will help us in those moments remain abide. Now, now that verse, John 15, 5, the very next verse, it's a great verse in and of itself. Abide in me as I abide in you. Remain in me and I'll remain in you. And, and it is a, a, a daily practice that we can adhere to. I want to be a man that abides in Jesus. I don't want to like do my thing in the week, come get reconnected to him on a Sunday and then kind of do that process all over again. Day by day, moment by moment, I want to grow and increase in my ability to be aware of his presence to be sensitive to the leading of his spirit, to have an ear that's tuned to his voice. Like I wanna abide in him, being aware of his goodness and his plans and purposes for my day. I, I wanna lean into that. And that's a beautiful thing, but particularly in this context, that, that remain is coming almost out of this feeling of pruning. Like, yes, you're being pruned and you're, 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 you've been cleansed, but there's more cleansing to come. You've been pruned, but there's more pruning to come. Just remain in me. It, it, is, it is the call, it is the encouragement for the one being pruned that's saying like, God, what am I doing here? He says, remain in me. Remain in me and I will remain in you. My, my word, it goes on a little bit later that there it says, you remain in me and my word in verse seven remains in you. This very same word that's cleansed us from verse three, let it remain in you. This word, this truth, the receiving of the life of Christ within you when everything else feels like death. In fact, for me, maybe one of the, the most grueling passages in scripture 
as I read it is, is 2 Corinthians 1, 8 and 9. In, in this uh, little, little glimpse into this story and life of Paul, who was an, an apostle, a church planter, and he's writing this letter and he's talking about his own personal experience. And, and he's, he's saying this in the letter, for we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. So can I just read, read that again? We were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Ugh, right? Like, ugh, like that, that's... Terrible. Can you feel that? Can you just kind of read those words and try your best to feel that for a second? What he was, must have been going through to, to write that? I don't think Paul was an overly dramatic person who was kind of blowing it out of proportion. There, there was a reality of what him and those that were walking with him were experiencing that he describes as so utterly burdensome that it was beyond our strength. And we begin despairing to the point of, of life itself. Like we're, we're dying. It felt like he said, the sentence of death. And I can tell you that is that it for, for me is terrible because, uh, and I don't know how many of you are, uh, know the Enneagram. I'm an Enneagram seven. What they say about us is that we only deal with a half range of emotions and that's only positive ones. If there's something negative or a painful feeling, we avoid it like the plague. It's like, no, we reframe like, no, life is good. It's going to be okay. They still really like me. They didn't mean what they said, you know, they like, and, and you just avoid it, which is, is, is in the end, not great, you know? Um, but that, and so for me, I'm like, oh, this sounds terrible. Like I, there's nothing in me that wants to experience whatever he was experiencing to say those words. And yet what was his revelation out of it? His revelation out of it was, but, but this happened so that we would rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. We felt like there was death in us. And everything we were trying to do wasn't working. All the promises of God that we were believing for, we weren't seeing. Uh, we were despairing of life itself. I mean, it's in these moments where you're like, God, are you real? God, do you care about me? God, do you see me? And he's saying, but all along, God was working something in us so that we wouldn't rely on our own abilities, our own strength, our own standing, our own finances, our own what have you, but rather we would rely on something that's much greater than any of those things so that we might be more fruitful. So, you know, we can get a certain amount of fruitfulness when we're relying on our own strength and we're trying to do the best that we can according to the, the, the word of God and we can get some things done, but sometimes God has to do a little pruning so that we might be more fruitful and it takes us coming to this places of relying on uh, not a person that I can keep myself alive and I can get through it, but rather we die to ourselves so that the God who raises the dead back to life can be on display. And so that's the, that's the heart of pruning. It's, it's really incredible. It's really incredible because in the end, in the end, it's all about the glory of God. It, now, now it's, it's for our good, the, the pruning of the gardener who cares for the garden, 
who wants to see it grow. You know, he wants to, 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 to love the garden in that way where, where there is compassion and tenderness and he sees what needs to happen so that it grows and it flourishes. And a part of that, unfortunately, we, we can feel like at times is pruning. And in the end, what happens through the pruning, we see there in the very last verse is that it's to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So you grow in fruitfulness through the pruning. And, and think about it. When, when you see a, 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 um, you know, a garden that's beautiful or a tree that's full of fruit or a vineyard that's producing wonderful grapes, there, there's not somebody who's like a, a wine connoisseur that walks up to an to a individual branch and says, what an incredible branch this is that it would, it would create such wonderful grapes. Like that's in, that, that branch is amazing. Like can, can we just all give a hand to that branch? You know, that's not, that's not what, what happens. And that, we're the branch, so we get to bear the fruit, but, but, but really it ought not to be that somebody's coming and saying, oh, way to go, look at the fruit. No, they're, they're, for one, they might be looking at the health of the vine. That's a very healthy vine. Look at the branches on this vine. This vine gives life. But even more so, what are they looking at? They're looking at the gardener. They're praising the gardener. They're praising the, 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 the vine dresser who has done such an incredible job at caring for the vine, has done such an incredible job at caring for this garden and seeing it produce great fruit. And so what does it say? It is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. And so in the place of receiving the pruning, there are times where we need to just back up a little bit and realize that this is for the glory of God. It's not even about my situation because here's the other thing that I think we often do in pruning. What am I doing wrong, God? What am, what am I doing wrong that I would end up here? And that's a very natural question. And in fact, it's not, the, it's not a bad question. It's not, the, it's not a wrong place to start. It's kind of like what we see David doing in the Psalms where he's saying, search my heart, O God. You know, know me. Is, is there any anxious thought? Is there any wayward way in me? Like, I want it to be exposed. I, I want to come before you and say, God, here I am. But when you come to that place and, uh, and you're not coming to that place in perfection where all, you know, all your sins are fully managed or whatever else, you know, it's like well, there's still imperfection that you're coming to God, but you're, but you're walking before him and saying, God, I want to be yours. God, I, I'm, I'm walking in accountability. I want this thing to be gone. I, I, I love you. I'm yours. I'm, I'm a vine connected to you. And that's my heart and my desire. And, and then we realize, okay, we're still in this place. And it's not because of my sin or rebellion, though there's things God's still working out in me. Okay, I think I'm in a place of pruning. I think God is doing something very significant that I need to embrace. Because usually we're, when the pruning comes, we get really squirmy, you know, like, oh, I, that, don't, what, what are we doing? Like, what am I doing wrong? Just, if I can, I'll fix it. And then you don't have to do that. Like, I can get out of this situation. Just tell me what to do to fix it, and I'll fix it. Or the, the like we talked about earlier, God, are you, is this really you? Are you really good? Is this, can, and, and we're, but we're wanting to get out of it. We're wanting to skirt it as much as we can be, because it doesn't feel pleasant in the moment. We liked being fruitful, but can I tell you this? When we zoom out, for one, it, we, we realize, okay, it's not, it's not about me. 
And it's not about me being uncomfortable or me be, being even like, I, I want to um, get, get out of this or get through this or beyond it. But really, God, okay, this is for your glory. And I trust you. And that's what we begin to move into in, in the pruning is I, I, I trust you, God, that you're a good gardener. And I also want us to realize, and, and I, hopefully this will help us to, to embrace the season of pruning, and that is that, that pruning is a reward to the fruitful. It, it's, not, it's, not a, it's not a punishment. It's not a, what did I do wrong here, God, to get myself here? But it, it begins, uh, verse 2, with saying, he, he, prunes, uh, he, he prunes so that it will bear even more fruit, so it will be even more fruitful. So every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it will become more fruitful. And so it's a little bit of an interesting concept, right? That, that actually the pruning is the reward for those who have been fruitful. Because there, there's a, a certain level of fruitfulness. And, and, and we're talking about fruitfulness. I'm not just talking about outward fruitfulness, though that's a part of it, how you've been able to influence others with the, the gospel and how you've been able to love or serve or show compassion. That's an area of fruitfulness. There's also the fruitfulness of, of like the fruit of the Spirit being born in your life, where there's love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, right? They're, those things are bearing fruit in your life. And yet there's more to come. And God uh, is longing for you to be more fruitful, for you to step into more of who you were created to be. And so the pruning is the reward. The pruning is the, even the thing that draws you into the master gardener so that you might bear more fruit, showing yourself to be his disciple. Amen. And so to, to close... I just want us to think about this. What is the, what is the level of trust? What, what, what is the level of trust, particularly and for those of you in, in a season right now where you would say, I, I think I'm in a season of pruning, a season where I'm asking some of those questions, where I'm wondering about some of the promises of God, the things that he's spoken and, and I took a risk on, and now it's not, it's not happening the way I thought it was going to happen. And it's not happening when I thought it was going to happen. And, and, and things aren't, don't seem to be on pace to happen at all. Or, or relationally or financially, emotionally, whatever it might be, where, where you just kind of have to stop and say, God, what are... Because you've been squirming, right? And you've been striving, some of you have been trying to fix it because that's your personality. I just want to go fix it. Others have, have kind of, you're, you're, you've maybe been more self-deprecating and said, what did I do wrong? And you actually need to come to this place and say, God, what are you wanting to do? God, here, here I am. I trust you. I trust that your, that your pruning shears, they, they never cut too much off. The, that, that pruning knife, it never cuts too deep. But you know exactly what you're doing. And so I, I embrace this season. There's a, there's a revelation about pruning that would, that would even cause one to be so audacious to say, God, let a pruning season come. 
because that means I'm bearing fruit. And that means God says, hey, it's time for more fruitfulness, but you gotta walk, but there's something I need you to walk through. There's a, there's a greater dependence that I need you to, that, that I need you to learn. There's, there's some work that I need you to do. It's a, it's a blind spot, but I, but, I know, but I know it's gonna be in your best interest if you, if you let me take care of it. And so we're coming to him in trust. I, I think there may be others in the room that maybe you wouldn't quickly identify that you're in a pruning season. Some of you, it's like, okay, that's me. It's right where I am. As soon as he stops talking, I'm gonna be up here in the front, okay? So I'm getting there, I'm close. And then you can come. But there's others, um, there's others in the room I think it's gonna be a little more slow to identify that there's a pruning season because you're like me and you've been trying to skirt it any way that you can. You're trying to put a positive spin on it. You're trying to reframe the situation and say, it's gonna be okay. And like, I'll just do this a little better. Or we'll make sure not to make that mistake again. Or like, God, it's gonna be okay. Let's just, let's just stay in a happy green place so photosynthesis can happen. And we don't have to go through that. And God's gently saying, it's gonna be okay. You don't, you don't have to, 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 to fix it or ha have to like kind of make sure it's all gonna be okay. Just go there with me, trust me in it. I won't let you fall. I won't let you sink. Even if it might feel like you're, you have the sentence of death, it, even if it's that bad, what you'll realize is that he is a God that raises dead things to life. And, and so I just, there, there's a place of invitation here from Father God, the master gardener that is so loving, that wants to give us a right perspective on what it looks like to walk with him and connect with him as disciples that give him glory by bearing much fruit. We don't wanna say no to the pruning because what it is is saying no to the greater glory of God as it's seen in the earth by us bearing more fruit because we're willing to go through the pruning. So God, let this in our hearts and minds be about your glory. May there be great glory given to the great gardener, our Father, God, because of the fruitfulness of our lives and the fruitfulness that has, that has come about because we've trusted you, because there's levels of trust, there's levels of going to depths in God that are, that are seen, that are evidenced through the, the, the fruit that we now bear as a result of walking one, as one who abides and remains in the vine, who is connected with so much greater strength and is so much more solidly connected because we've said we will remain. And through the trial, we will abide. Through the pruning, we will, we will, we will draw near and receive and even embrace what it is that God's doing for His glory. So Lord, we just, we, we give ourselves to You. We recognize ourselves as, as the branches. And we as the branches say to you, the great gardener, receive glory through our lives. And, and we say to you, thank you for the life of the vine. Thank you. Thank you, God. I wanna invite you to stand with me 
And we're going to take a time to respond. This is one of the most important things that we'll do in, in our Sunday gatherings is declare in our response that we will not simply be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. We will allow the word of God and the spirit of God to activate something in us that, that changes something about the way that we think, that changes something about the, the way that we, we acknowledge God, and we will respond to that. We'll respond to it. There will be a place of obedience in our hearts to the word of God. And so as I said earlier um, today, if, if something's stirring in you and you're in that place of, of pruning, uh, as always, the front is just open for you to come and get on your knees, uh, kind of here at the proverbial altar or here just coming to the, the, the master gardener and saying, I trust you. I, wanna, I will remain in the vine. I'll hold on to you. I trust that you are good. And some of you just need to come and get on your, your face before God and just tell him that. Our ministry team is going to come up here in just a moment. Others of you may need to come and receive prayer from one of our ministry team members. We'd love to pray for you. It may have something to do with the message today. It may have something, to, uh, something that's altogether different. But we, we believe that the church is called to pray for one another, to, to bear one another's burdens. And, and so we're be believing that today God wants to, to minister uh, through the body. And so if you need prayer for anything, we'd love to pray for you. If you're, uh, if you're here and would say, I don't know that I'm connected to the vine, but I want to be. I want to be. I, want, I, I need life. I, I, I want to be cultivated by a loving God, a loving Father. We'd love to talk with you today about how to have a relationship with God so you can come and talk to one of our ministry team members as well. But let's not leave this place with, without responding wholeheartedly to God and what he's wanting to do in us and how he's wanting to draw us to himself today.